not just a belief of mine, it's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, discovering your core and also your gift is your niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Well, today I'm really having a great conversation with a millennial on the move. I am going to do a lot of the millennial on the moves on this broadcast because millennials are so sharp and you know what? They get a really bad reputation and I, I feel so sorry for them because here's what people say about them. They expect things to just be given to them. They're so self-centered. They think their time is so valuable. And they're very lazy people. They don't want to work eight to five. I, it couldn't be further from the truth. I happen to be a millennial at heart. Okay, yeah, it's, it's just at heart. But I really feel for them. They're the people that are going to make the difference in this world. We shouldn't have to work eight to five. Who told us we were supposed to? So the millennials, I really pay attention. So my millennial on the move today is April Harris. She And now I do want to tell you that a millennial, I... Googled it actually before to make sure that I have it right. Their age is 22 to 39 now. And so now we know how old you are, April. Uh, you're somewhere in there. I don't quite know what, but I just want to say one sentence about her just to kind of give you a little background because she's going to take us on her journey. And I don't want to take anything away from that. But she is a board certified holistic health practitioner. And she's also an autoimmune wellness coach. Isn't that great? That's so, so niched. And she also is a high-level virtual assistant coach and a mentor for chronically ill women. I cannot tell you enough about this wonderful girl called April Harris. Welcome, April, to the call. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, see, listen to her very young little voice. I love it. <laughs> so, hey, millennial on, on the move, tell me what you, where you were raised. Where were you born and raised? And then what were you like as a little girl? Sure. I was born in a little town called Sherman, Texas. Nobody knows where that is. It's just north of the Dallas area. And I grew up there uh, until I was around 12 years old. And then my dad got transferred to Missouri. And that's where I currently reside with my husband. So my oh. husband officially says that I can't call myself a Texan. I'm officially a Missourian now because I'm <laughs> way longer than I ever lived in Texas, but I'm definitely a Texas girl at heart. That's for sure. <laughs> but some of my favorite earliest childhood memories is especially I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. 
I remember baking Rice Krispie treats with my sister and homemade peanut butter cookies. And we would literally go door to door, knocking on neighbors' doors and selling those cookies and Rice Krispie treats to our neighbors. That was, we weren't even in the Girl Scouts. We just did that on our own. Um, And we used to spend our summers doing that. So I've always been just a child who who has a very entrepreneurial spirit. If I see something that I that I want, I, I make it happen. And I've always done that even from a young child. You know, it's so funny to hear that because that's what a true entrepreneur is. They started when they were a little girl, little boy, and they went around selling shoes or, or bakery or whatever it is. I, I Every time somebody tells me that story, I just really pay attention because you can't help it if you're a true entrepreneur. You have to go back to your true core being. And that's what you're doing now, April. And I love it. Now, when you were baking and you were running around selling them, did you know the word entrepreneur? Oh, not at all. Not at all. It was just something that was fun. We enjoyed doing it. I've always loved to talk to people. I've never known a stranger. So it just always came naturally to me. So I'm really anxious for you to take us on your career journey because see, when somebody's an entrepreneur, and they get into a job. They don't know why they're unhappy, and they think they have to stay there. And so, I'm very anxious to hear your story, April. So, tell us your career journey. Oh goodness, it is a long and winding one. I'll try to give you the condensed version. Hmm. Um, when I was 20 years old, though, I was diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis. And at 20 years old, that's generally the time where you're making those big career decisions, what you're going to do with your life. But my life had been put completely on hold for a good year. I was in and out of the hospital. It was a very scary time in my life. And it was, it, it literally felt like my world had ended at the time. However, it was now looking back, I really feel like it was one of the best things that, that could have ever happened to me. I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything that's happening in my life is happening for my greatest good. And I know that had I not gone through that experience, that I would not have ended up where I am today. But I kind of fumbled around for quite a few years after my initial diagnosis. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I decided, you know what, like nobody should have to go through this process alone. Because when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness, There's so many other things that are involved. It's not just a matter of managing the physical symptoms, but it's also learning how to deal with the changing dynamics of your relationships and also learning how to deal with the changes to your self-identity. There's just so many different things that we have to kind of figure out on our own as we go. And there isn't really a manual. There isn't really a guide for just how to do life while living with an autoimmune disease. So that's why I decided to go back to school. I studied holistic nutrition and holistic health. I became a board certified holistic practitioner and then an autoimmune wellness coach for women who've been newly diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And that was the business that I had been building for about the past two years. Well, then COVID hit and it was kind of like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? Nobody's spending money on anything other than than the necessities. Even though we know that that's not true, people are spending money. But at the time, it just kind of felt like, okay, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do now? I I have to pivot somehow. So at the time, I had a lot of money going out for my business, but not much money coming in. And I personally started working as a virtual assistant just to help manage some of that that overhead. Well, it took off 
Within weeks, I had a completely booked schedule. I had amazing clients that I was working with and I loved it. But I I came to this crossroads in my business that I'm like, okay, well, I, I have this business that I've been building, this autoimmune wellness practice, which is really my passion but I have this other business that has taken off and is, is making me money. (laughs) It's paying the bills right now, but I didn't want to give up the other because I still feel really passionate about it. So I figured out a way to combine those two passions under one roof because another one of the pain points of the women that I work with, first of all, living with a chronic illness is expensive. There's so many bills that are constantly coming in. And if a person's health allows them to work outside of the home, it requires a lot of physical energy, a lot of mental energy. They may come home on Friday and spend the entire weekend in bed just so that way they can get back up on Monday and do it all over again. Or there's a lot of guilt that comes into play if you are physically unable to work. So it's a really big pain point for those who live with chronic illness. And so I decided that what better way to help my clients, not only to thrive physically and emotionally and mentally, but also financially by learning how to be able to safely work from home as a virtual assistant. And that's how we get to where we are today. I currently have 13 students in my VA in 90 days course. And so I'm teaching women with chronic illness how to become financially independent and safely work from home. Yeah, I'll tell you, that is a beautiful story because you truly are living what this whole podcast is about, turning your passion into a profit center and and helping so many people along the way. And, and I want everybody to really listen to this about April because this is such a niche that this is why this is going to be so successful. When you get very niched in your business, you, you cannot even believe what's going to happen because you'll just get known to be the autoimmune guru, the autoimmune expert who teaches women how to be safe when they're still at home. Now, the only thing, April, that I heard, and I, it was shocking when you told me this, that you actually had a J-O-B while you were building all of this. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I have so many jobs. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about that. Yeah, so actually I work currently um, in a health and rehab center. So a it's a gym and physical fitness, like a physical fitness and rehab center. But it's actually through a hospital. And I have been there since I was 19. So I was actually working at that job when I was first diagnosed with my autoimmune condition. And I had been there ever since. And so it had always kind of been my safety net as far mm-hmm. as my, my job went. You know, it was my guaranteed income. I knew exactly how much I was going to make every two weeks. So I didn't really have to question it. And so now stepping out into my own business and really stepping fully into entrepreneurship, it's kind of a scary jump, but I Mm -hmm. recently put in my two weeks notice from that job. So after the first of the year, I'm going to be fully uh, committed a hundred percent to my wellness coaching and my business mentorship for, for my VA business. So I'm super excited about that. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time, maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, 
self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career, and also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E And in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I don't don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life that's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. Well, now when you got the job when you were 19, Tell me, why did you do that? Why did you go into a J-O-B? Was it all security reasons? Or did you think like I did? I I thought, and here I created my own monster, but I thought I had to work from eight to five. I thought I had to go into a, a brick and mortar place. Is that kind of how you thought also? So interestingly enough, when I graduated high school, I decided that I wanted to go into the healthcare field. I've always had a love for healthcare, and I went to school to study uh, radiolo- as a radiology tech. But I learned very quickly that I am not cut out for that side of healthcare. <laughs> I got I had to shadow in the ER, and I remember almost passing out because I was so sick to my stomach. I just mm. did not handle that that part of it. I'm so thankful that there are people. Um, that love to do that kind of work. We need those type of workers, but I am not one of them. So in the meantime, I had accrued some student loan debt. And so I started working for the same hospital through which I was going to school. And so it helped me to pay off my student loan debt while I was working for the hospital. And then I had gotten sick and I just stayed. I just stayed. And I never really, I, I don't know if it was because of my illness. I I just felt like this is safe. This is comfortable. I know I can do this work. So I just stayed and I never really, I never really questioned it further. Mm-hmm. You know, when, until here now, recently. When, yeah. And I did the same thing. Trust me. I mean, I was really stuck. I had the golden handcuffs on and it was my own company for heaven's sake. I, mm-hmm. I still can't believe it to this day because of my thinking that you just, that's just how you do business. There's no other way to do business other than walking into an office and and running the place, you know. But I just wondered, how did you finally get to a place 
where you said, okay, I've got to give up the safety net because I, I need to move on. What, how did that happen? You know, it, there's several reasons. One of the things is COVID because what I had always known is my safety net actually kind of became more of a liability for me because of my autoimmune issues, working with the public, you know, it puts me at risk. And, you know, every day I was going into work, we, we had closed for a few weeks back in the earlier in the year, but we have been open since May of this year. And I work very closely with customers and clients, you know, in my office. And so I'd constantly have, you know, 10 to 15 people in and out of my office in close quarters every single day. Mm. And I was experiencing some real anxiety every day that I had to go into work. And so that was one reason why I started to look at other options. And I had been building my, my own business on the side, but at the time I just still felt like I couldn't really fully leave, even though it was, it was becoming more and more of a risk for me to be in the public. I still felt that pull of, but what if this doesn't work? You know, what if I, I step away from this and then my business fails? But in the meantime, while I was building this business, I reached a point where I was capped out on the amount of clients I could take on as a virtual assistant. I was capped out on um, just the amount of time that I had to be able to devote to my students who were, who were paying me to take them through this course. And so now my job was becoming more of a hindrance to my, my progression as an entrepreneur. So I'm so thankful for, you know, all that my, my J-O-B has given me up to this point, but I finally reached that point where it's like I had outgrown it and now I'm ready to, to move on. I felt like I've made a beautiful impact, a wonderful impact on, on the clients and on my coworkers in my J-O-B up to this point, but I'm ready to make an even bigger impact in my own business and, and with my own clients. So that's how we've gotten where, where I am today. Yeah, I'm really glad you told that story because you should have had anxiety working there with all those, with people up close to you like that during a, a pandemic, for heaven's sake, and especially with, with an autoimmune. I'm just so glad you did that. Now, I wanted to ask you this, April, because I was talking to a gal the other day and she's in a J-O-B that she absolutely can't stand. Not like you, you did love the place. But, and she's outgrown it also. But here's what she said to me. She said, I can't give up the benefits. I just simply can't. I'm, I'm stuck here. And I said, well, how much, how much are the benefits? I mean, per month, what would you have to be making? And she did not know. She said, that's funny that you ask. I have no idea. And so I wondered, did something like that also keep you attached to the job? It did. It did. And it wasn't until I started talking to other friends here. I had always thought like I had such great insurance, <laughs> but I was talking to other friends. And when I finally started doing some price comparisons, they were like, April, we pay less than that. And I was just thinking, oh, okay. So I started doing some checking and I am married and my husband does have benefits through his job. So we checked into adding me onto his plan, because if I were to lose my benefits from from my J-O-B, then he could add me on and it would only be an additional $150 more a month than what we were paying. So, oh, wow. and because of the success of my VA business and, and with my, my clients and my, my students that I could, I could make up very easily. So it just kind of became a no brainer. 
It's like here I had been holding on to this thinking that and I wouldn't be able to afford it. But mm-hmm. once I started doing some price comparison and checking around, it turns out that that I that I could easily. April, you are a brilliant girl. You are a brilliant millennial. I just want you to know that. When I open the dictionary and I see the word millennial, I want to see April's picture. <laughs> and then we'll just put the word brilliant after it. I mean, you don't know it because you're just living in your, your own body. But but really, this is the pe- this is the person I want everybody to listen to. The, the people are saying they're lazy. They, they have these high expectations of things being given to them. They're self-centered. I mean, she's one of these wonderful millennials that I keep talking about. That's why I want to do a lot of millennials on the move like you. But April, you're my first. So I just want you to know that. Thank you. What a privilege. So April, tell, I I really like to kind of wrap things up with the question of, can you give us a tangible tool that you have used in your business that really has been helpful to grow that business? Yes, definitely. One thing that I have learned in business is that people like to work with people that they know, that they like, and that they trust. So get out and meet people and then be a likable person, (laughs) be a helpful person, be an honest person. And, you know, there's a lot of Social media gets a lot of uh, flack these days, but I've made some of my best connections in business and personally through social media. So all of my my own VA clients that I work with, I've connected with them through Facebook and in Facebook groups. And the same with my students that are coming through my course. I've also connected with them through Facebook. So, and maybe that is because I am a millennial. So I'm used to, you know, social media and marketing myself in that way and putting myself out in that way. But it honestly has been one of one of the biggest tools that has helped me to grow my business because people can get a feel for who you are. I found nowadays that people will go to your Facebook profile quicker than they will go to your website. They'll go to your Instagram page faster than they'll go to your website. And that is a way that allows your potential customers or your ideal clients to get a chance to get to know you. And then once they follow you for a little little while, then they come to like you and trust you. And then you can make some genuine connections on the platform. And, and that's what I've done. And all of my clients have come through connections in that way. Oh, that's great to know. I think a lot of times people don't realize the power behind this thing called social media. I, I know I didn't know the power of it until I started getting one client after the other just because I went out there and showed a picture of my family or a picture of my dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then do you have like a system, April? To, do you go in and say personal things like three times and two times you do business or how, how do you work your social media? You know what? When I first started building my social media presence, I I got super overwhelmed because I thought, oh my goodness, I have to be posting three to five times a week, or I have to post at a certain time of day or a certain type of content. And it really overwhelmed me. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to post whenever I feel inspired. And I feel like inspired content speaks speaks much clearer to my ideal clients than just content that I put out there because I feel like I have to put something out. So I guess in, to answer your question, no, I don't have a specific system or, or a schedule for posting, but I try to live my life in a way where I'm constantly feeling inspired. 
So that means self-care. So taking care of myself, taking care of, you know, my, my mental health and my physical health and emotionally. And as I'm doing that, I think, oh, that would make a great post or that would make a great email. That would be great to put out in a newsletter. And so honestly, that's, that's how I handle my, my marketing. I don't know if that's technically the right way or what, what the, you know, big name business coaches would tell you to do, but it's worked for me so far. April, you're once again, brilliant. What can I say? You're going to get so sick of me saying that word. But I'm the one thing I love to end with is the golden nuggets that I personally heard. And I, my goal is to get like two or three golden nuggets from every conversation. I now have eight from you. Oh, wow. So there you go. Yep. There you go. So I'm going to share them, just what I heard on this conversation and that stood out to me. And then you tell me if you have something you want to add to those golden nuggets that maybe I left out or I missed. So number one, know that whatever is happening is happening for your greatest good. Number two, don't do this life alone. Make sure you get the help that you need. Number three, Consider combining your passions. I loved that one because really, April, when you figured out a way to take your VA business and then teach it <laughs> to autoimmune people, that was that, that alone was just well worth this podcast. Number four, sometime you have to let go of your safety net because you might have outgrown it. Number five, the what if syndrome sometimes is what if it does work? And make sure you turn that around. Number six, get as niched as you possibly can. If you learned anything from April today, just learn how to become as niched as possible. I mean, imagine she teaches autoimmune and not you don't have to have an autoimmune disease to get April in your life, but she teaches them how to stay at home and work and profit and still be safe. I love that. Number seven, Post when you feel inspired. You should write a book about that because, <laughs> because that really is, and I mean it, an ebook about just, just post when you feel inspired, people. Don't go on there and, and say stupid things like sometimes you read about on social media. And number eight, practice self-care. Probably the most important thing of the whole conversation is practicing self-care because so many of us, and especially women, we practice taking care of everybody else. Yes. We just don't practice self-care. So did I leave anything out? Any golden nuggets I, that you think of? I think you hit the nail on the head. Oh, good. <laughs> Better good. than I could have. I listen very carefully because people just want to know that they're heard. And they want to know that what they are talking about is meaningful. And sometimes they don't know it. And so I hope you know that today, April. I cannot thank you enough. But one thing I have forgotten to do on almost everything, so we put it in the show notes, but please tell people how they can get in touch with you, April. Of course. So you can find me. My website is livingwholebeingwell.com. I'm also on Facebook from with the same name, Living Whole Being Well, and Instagram, Living Whole Being Well. Well, what a what an unusual thing to just have all that tie together. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and spell that whole thing out? Because it is so important. Sure. So living whole, being well is L-I-V-I-N-G-W-H-O-L-E-B-E-I-N-G-W-E-L-L. 
livingwholebeingwell.com. That's just wonderful. Thank you so much, April. I can never tell you enough times that you're my millennial on the move, number one girl. Thank you so much. We all have the same amount of time given to us each and every day. Thank you so much for sharing your precious time with me today. Please join us in our free Facebook group. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. This is a safe place for all of us to have meaningful conversations beyond this podcast. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.